the recovery revolution will be podcast on the since right now addiction recovery network Hello, welcome to the next episode of Sober Courage Podcast with me, your host, Mag Shores. I guess that's going to be my standard hello from now on. (laughs) Because, as I mentioned on the last episode, I was still trying to figure out what kind of hello phrase or line I was going to come up with. But I think this is it. Welcome to this great episode. I have... uh, a quite difficult topic to talk about today, I think. Well, at least it's difficult for me. And I guess I'm hoping that there are some of you out there that may find it helpful to hear. Just because, you know, I'm always... I still have the tendency as an alcoholic, even in recovery, to think that things are only happening to me. And the biggest... One of the biggest things that helps me get out of myself and get on my head... And stop thinking that I'm so uniquely broken is to see that other people go through the same sort of things. So I'll be sharing on that topic today. But first of all, I wanted to tell you guys um, I will be off for the next couple of weeks from doing a podcast. We are going on our annual camping trip, which I totally love. It's um, actually a combination of AA and NA people that go out. A part of Virginia by uh, the Potomac River. It's about three hours from here. And we all get together and we pitch a tent at our friend's house who has a couple acres of land. And there's usually a bonfire going on the whole entire day. There's also a meeting every night from about 7 p.m. till whenever the whole 50-some people that show up share. Um, And it's a really, really good time with a bunch of people in recovery. I want to mention that, you know, I had a really hard time going to this event when I was newly sober because I used to go camping all the time and camping and drinking went together. I went to so many camping trips. It was like one of the best things to not have to worry about driving or being like in public And just getting shit-faced as much as I possibly could. Puking in the woods. Peeing in the woods. You know, passing out at 9 and 8 a.m. Because I've been doing shots at 7 a.m. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds exciting, doesn't it? (laughs) I remember it used to take me weeks to recover. If that's even possible. Because, you know, if you're drinking every day. I don't think there's an actual recovery sort of time but yeah it it would wear me out and and I would have to sort of recover and catch up on some sleep and stuff but you know uh those are one of the things that doing sober for the first time was really difficult like going to a party sober or going to a wedding sober you know what what have you that was definitely one of those things that was really difficult to do sober so I really love the idea that I've been able to do this trip sober for the last I think four years or five years now and you know grow new memories and that's I think what's really really cool about recovery because you start 
uh, doing the same things that you used to do drinking and, and, you know, that first time is so, so difficult, but then you start growing new memories and those old memories, you know, they no longer seem so much fun, you know, puking and passing out in the woods and waking up and not knowing where the hell you are. Yet that's not really fun, you know, but there's a lot of sort of parallels still to sober camping. Okay. You know, we eat tons of really horrible, disgustingly fattening foods, even though they're yummy, right? Um, We barely sleep at all because there's people constantly either coming in or out or singing or dancing or what have you. And uh, nobody takes a shower for three days. And um, yes, we only go for three days. I think that's about all we can handle with the kids is about three days of pure camping in the woods with no iPads, no cell phones, uh, you know, no uh, city life. So that's what we're doing this weekend. Also, I wanted to mention that I'm trying to get my husband on one of the episodes. I would love to talk to him about some of our parenting issues and things that we do good or we need some improvement on maybe. I know for a fact he has a, you know, somewhat of a hard time with my daughter, his stepdaughter. And that's very understandable. Um, I think being a step parent is Oh my, probably one of the hardest things um, when you're dealing with raising children, you know. And um, I know that he struggled uh, at times with my daughter and um, his parenting as it uh, pertains to her. Because sometimes he doesn't feel like he's really her parent, even though he wants to be and so on. So I'm trying to get my husband on the episode. So hopefully after we come back from camping in a couple weeks... I will have him on the next episode, uh, and I think that would be really, really cool and exciting. So, on this episode, uh, what I wanted to do is share something with you guys because I had, I had a difficult time again with my son and his teacher, <laughs> who constantly, you know, sends these really horrible mean notes, and who constantly sort of says really bad stuff about him and I'm starting to get the sense that he doesn't she doesn't see him as an ADHD kid or a kid that has um some level of mental illness she sees him as a rotten child that's spoiled and his parent his parents don't take care of him properly and you know I know I'm biased this is my kid so I know that I'm automatically sort of appalled when people put him down you know and that happens with any kid right you know any any one of my children (laughs) if somebody just puts him down you know I automatically want to defend them and of course you know parenting is so personal I think all of us parents out there at times probably more often than we should or need to feel really crappy and question our parenting, right? Am I right? Um, you know, there's billion of books out there and all this stuff. And yet we question ourselves, you know, and of course my fear is probably very common as other people's fears that I'm screwing my kids up. You know, that's my biggest fear that I'm going to screw my kid up and my kid as an adult's going to be in therapy And they're going to be talking about how their mother screwed them up. But I have to sort of remember, you know, that my kid's life is totally different than mine was. And I'm not saying my parents screwed me up. 
I had a difficult childhood. A lot of things happen, you know, and that's what, it's hard to talk about that and not say my parents screwed up. I think the best way for me to deal with that is to believe that my parents did the best they could. Not that the best they should have, not that they they were supposed to, but with what they had and the place they were in life, they did the best they could. Um, and so we're going to leave it at that. <laughs> so I guess I'm trying to do a little bit better than my parents. Um, but you know, I really ha- go through these moments where I'm just like, oh my God, I really am probably the worst parent. And those are the moments where I have to seek help. And you know, uh, you're going to hear me talking about support network and building a support network when you're in recovery over and over. And I hope I don't sound like I'm preachy or I'm telling you, you know, if you don't do this, you're going to die. And I know one of those guys in one of my meetings that always tells people, if you don't follow the book, you're going to die. But out of every you know, all the tools that I've gathered in recovery, and I don't have them all, the support piece is tremendously helpful. So I found myself again last week doubting my parenting skills and my husband's parenting skills. And um, I didn't want to be there. You know, I didn't want to be in that place. I didn't want to be in that place where I go into self-pity. I make everything my fault and then I just whine about it. But at the same time, I wanted some validation for the way I was feeling. And the way I was feeling is that his teacher is not actually seeing him again as as a child that has uh, mental issues. She's seeing him as a rotten kid who's spoiled and is not parented correctly. So I'm part of a wonderful recovery uh, network and I'm not going to say who because I'm going to talk a little bit about the information and the wonderful, wonderful advice that these ladies and gentlemen gave me on the, in the group. But I'm part of a recovery parenting group and, um, you know, I'm not a group type person and I you know I'm, I'm actually part of a lot of groups especially on Facebook and I barely ever say anything and I just I don't know but this was bugging me so bad and you know my sponsor doesn't have children and it's not that she couldn't help me but I really needed to hear it from parents and I called um, a couple of my friends who are parents and um, they were busy so I posted this on um, the Facebook group that I'm part of And basically, shortly, I wrote that um, my son has ADHD, aggression, and anxiety. He's in new school, and the school knows and has full report of his diagnosis. And his teacher has nothing good to say about him, ever. Uh, We got the second interim, and there's a big fat paragraph listing all the stuff that he does wrong. It's nuts. I'm so upset. I want to call the school and complain so bad, then I don't know. I think I'm overreacting. He is difficult. But he's my kid, and I know he's not all bad. So I guess I'm trying to figure out if I should write to school how I feel about the comments from his teacher, or am I just really overreacting and I should let it go? And there was another part in here that I also wrote that um, sometimes I feel... Sometimes I feel like, uh, who am I really? I'm just a sober drunk 
Does that make sense? Um, I just feel like I, I'm, I shouldn't say anything because I don't know any better. And, um, you know, I think I mentioned that in one of the episodes again. I really do have those moments. And I wish they would go the freak away <laughs> because I'm no longer a drunk. You know, anytime I feel like some challenge comes and I don't know how to do, I kind of like go back to that crazy thinking. So, okay, I'm going to dump that crazy ass thinking because I'm no longer a drunk. That's my past. I, it's time to dump it. So... You know, with my heart pumping, I'm waiting for replies. And of course, I'm nervous as hell because, you know, I'm I'm thinking these people think I'm probably insane. And, uh, you know, totally in my head and in self-pity. And the very first comment comes back and it says, Speak your mind. He is your awesome son. Don't ever let anyone talk down about him. And you know what? Just, I started bawling. <laughs> I just started crying because... You know, I don't know this, but I'm learning that as a parent, I'm supposed to be my children's advocate, right? And, um, you know, growing up, my parents weren't my advocates. They didn't really seem to be in my corner. You know, I don't really know how to do that. And I'm not blaming it on them by any means. I'm just saying that I didn't have like an example of what you're supposed to do. My example of what you're supposed to do was... You go to school, you listen to your teacher, you follow all the rules, you sit your ass in the chair and you do all the work and you better get goddamn straight A's or else, you know, that's what I was taught. I wasn't taught that, you know, that there might something be wrong and that I should share something with my parents. And, um, you know, several times last week, my son came home and he was crying. He was crying because he knows he does bad, that his behavior is out of whack. But he can't control it. And that's what he said to me several times, you know. And um, so that was really hard to hear. So as I started reading, you know, more and more people in the group started uh, putting things down. And one person said, you can always find something good to say about someone. And you can always find some something bad to say about anyone. Clearly, she, the teacher, is, the on is only seeing your son's behaviors and challenges she's not seeing him as a person in general no matter how difficult the child is there's good things about them too and that need to be acknowledged and brought out in them and I so totally agree um you know I can't tell you this this last list of they seemed like complaints really um there was not a single positive thing on there at all you know, there's other things people told me about um, how they dealt with it. Um, one lady said, you know, they went through very um, a behavior, intense behavioral modification therapy that helped their son. Another person said, you know, it doesn't really matter if you think you're drunk or not. Your job as a parent is to support your child no matter what. And follow your motherly instinct. If it doesn't feel right, then it most likely is not. Um, and these comments just go and go. There's like 40 of these things here. And, um, you know, by the time, um, by the end of this uh, probably hour-long conversation with a bunch of people that I don't know... I really, I don't know any of these people. They're from all over the United States. I didn't enough that, you know, I felt better about myself as a parent. 
but I had tools. You know, one person said, go to the school, see if there's a, uh, he can get into the IEP program, which is, um, which is a program that was established under the uh, Americans with Disabilities Act to um, help children with disabilities. Um, there's another program called 504 that a lot of schools have. It's kind of based on the same things, but it's more geared toward uh, physical uh, issues with a child and so forth and on. You know, call the principal, talk to somebody else, call his counselor, get him back in therapy, which we stopped, um, you know, therapy with him because we uh, uh, didn't feel like it was beneficial and he was bored. Um, so anyway, so with all of this help from perfect, you know, strangers, I can't tell you how empowered I felt. You know, all of that crap about I'm an alcoholic um, loser just melted away. And I felt like I could go on and support my son. And so what I ended up doing is um, I actually called the therapist and I started asking her about getting Carson possibly on medication. I know this seems like a huge jump, but it, it also... It's the next step in everything that we've been doing. And we know it's been coming. So here we are. And, um, and you know, I grew up in a family where um, mental in- illness or addiction or anything that was, you know, held hush-hush. So part of me still has some of that, I guess, stigma. I don't know what else to call it, right? Stigma. And, you know, I don't want my kid on medicine. And, uh, not even that. The decision is really hard. The medication for ADHD, you know, is is um, it changes the child's behavior sometimes very drastically. And of course, you have to go through all these um, trials to figure out if the medication is working properly. And um, so, you know, it's it was a really difficult decision to come to this place. But I think I think after two years of struggling. I'm seeing that it's really um, not helping him at school anymore to to have this. And I also, I can imagine that it probably doesn't feel very good for him not to be able to concentrate or, or behave like all the other children or, you know, fit in with the norm, I guess. Um, you know, difficult, difficult um, decision, but I guess we'll see what happens. So anyway, I have a couple appointments with doctors next week to get my son on not actually ADHD medicine, but probably some anxiety or actually antidepressants because I actually did a bunch of research and found out that a lot of antidepressants um, calm your overall mood and actually help uh, with long-term anxiety. And I actually felt empowered enough to call the school and set up a meeting with the vice principal and I was able to voice my, uh, you know, my uh, concerns about how the teacher was seeing my son and the notes that she kept listing. And of course, you know, the, the principal's kind of um, defending the teacher and I was defending my son and, and we were kind of going back and forth. Um, but I think I made it pretty clear. Um, I think I made it pretty clear that, you know, my son has struggles and it's not all because he's a kid or you know, because we're bad parents or whatever, but he actually has some valid struggles that affect his behavior and, you know, his social skills. And 
I don't think, you know, I told her, I don't think any teacher should, should uh, just focus on all the negative. I know that there's at least one good thing that Carson does a day. I'm pretty, pretty sure about that. So I was, um, and I also was able to talk to the vice principal about the IOP program and the 504 program. And actually, um, I think for now, because it's the end of the school year, they've decided that um, we're just going to leave things as they are. He's in the group um, session with the kids. So uh, once a week where it's like counseling and helps him develop his skills, social skills and stuff. So I think overall, why, that is why I decided to start the medication. So yes, I, that's <laughs> that's the thing I really wanted to share with you guys because the internet is a, such an amazing tool for recovery because I think I'm even still embarrassed or has a hard time you know picking up the phone or calling someone or talking to them in their face to their face and your know, internet is like anytime you need it it's there right it's open 24 7 it's just a very very cool um recovery tool um so get using it you know there's so much stuff out there and the very funny thing is that after all of that and after defending my son um, and after, you know, putting my, my mommy fist down, no, <laughs> after declaring that I was standing up for my son, today I get a phone call from the principal stating that my son tried to give somebody a wedgie and called him a dummy. And, uh, man, I got really upset. You know, I got really upset because first I was thinking, gosh, darn it. You know, I just went over with the principal about his issues and how they relate to ADHD. But this one I cannot explain, right? (laughs) And so I got really upset for a minute and I texted my husband and I was like, when you get home, you need to reprimand him. No TV, no, uh, you know, no iPads, no nothing. He needs to do his homework and sit in his room and stare at the walls, you know. And again, you know, like, um, this is why I have to talk to other people because one of my coworkers that I share an office with goes, oh my gosh, what happened? You know, because I guess she sort of saw me shuffling, kind of looking distressed. And I said, you know, my son, I just got a call from the principals and my son tried to give somebody a wedgie and called him a dummy. And my coworker started busting out laughing. <laughs> I'm laughing with her because, you know, again, this is one of those moments like, okay, yes, he should not be calling people dummies and he should not be pulling anybody's underwear, especially at school. But, you know, on the other hand is, is like, isn't that what seven-year-old boys do? I mean, you know, it's kind of funny. And then I started thinking the other way, like, this school reprimanded him. Actually, the teacher sent him to the office for this. You know, what happened to like, what happens to like when you bring a gun or drugs or get caught smoking in the bathroom? I mean, that's the things that we used to get reprimanded for. Nobody reprimanded us for calling someone a dummy. Um, you know, it was just, I don't know. Times have changed. And I'm I'm not saying one is, 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 was right or the other one is, is, is wrong. It's just, um, wow, you know, times have really changed. And um, <laughs> just, you got to laugh a little bit about it. So, oh my gosh, it's so difficult to maneuver this whole thing. You know, it really, really is difficult to try to figure out, you know, um, gosh, where are the lines? And 
I want my kids to be kids and yet I don't want them to get in trouble and I don't want them calling people dummies. And we, you know, we say that all the time at home, you know, don't call people stupid, don't say things are stupid and all that. And, um, you know, it still happens because I guess, you know, kids are kids and it's like, I don't want to keep controlling them so much, you know? Oh, I don't know. I tell you the part parenting thing is really hard, you know? And, um, I really have these moments where I wish I had a break. You know, I wish I just had a mental break for a couple days and just unplug. And, um, you know, I don't know. But I know that uh, the funny part happens is when I'm not around the kids for a couple days, which has happened very rarely, you know, all I do is think about them anyway, or talk about them, or reminisce of all the good stuff and good good times we had. So it's like, you can't win. I guess once you're a parent, it just never goes away. I don't know. It's kind of, it's difficult, isn't it? Difficult. So um, I also wanted to tell you guys about Memorial Day weekend in our area, uh, actually Memorial Day itself. And um, here in the United States, it's a long weekend holiday and we will be camping most of the weekend. We're actually taking off Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And Monday, we're going to the district picnic here of the Dallas area district AA. Um, and it's a really, really good time. There's at least 200, 300 people. You know, uh, I know a lot of, <laughs> a lot of people out there have mixed emotions about AA. And of course, you know, I didn't come willingly. I was actually court ordered to go to AA and I had no intentions to ever staying or doing a single step. You know, I just wanted to have my paper signed and move on with my life. But you know, I didn't know how to live life. So I want to talk a little bit about AA. And I'm not preaching AA either. You have to find what works for you. But I think that there's so much negative talk out there about AA sometimes that a lot of people automatically won't even give it a chance. And I think it's really important that whatever you try with your recovery as a support network, you try it several times. And yes, if you go to like five meetings and you're going, oh my God, this shit sucks. I'm never setting another foot in a basement of a church. Hey, you at least you gave it a chance, you know? But what I'm trying to say to tie in with this Memorial Day weekend, which is a four-day weekend for most people with Monday being off, you know, and if you're newly sober or maybe even just in your first year or so, or even you know, like me, eight eight years, you know, I have to keep busy on, on these kind of um, extended holidays that for most people include barbecuing, uh, taking little trips, um, you know, doing all kinds of interesting events and drinking, right? Lots and lots of drinking. These long holidays, you know, I think, uh, at least for me, it was crucial, crucial to have um, people around me to stay busy and stay connected. And I think one of the greatest benefits of AA that I know uh, right now that I'm not aware of any other uh, fellowship or program that has this benefit is the fellowship. And what we mean by fellowship is being able to meet with other people and go to uh, functions like uh, the picnic that 
um, the district of AA by my house, by, by Dallas Airport, where I live. Dallas. I always say that word wrong. And people think I'm in Texas, but I'm not in Dallas. I'm in Dallas. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so, you know, all these events, you know, help, really help stay sober. Because I don't know how you were, uh, you know, your first 30 days or 60 days or 90 days, but I was really lonely. I had no friends. I alienated my family. Um, I didn't really have anyone to to confide in that I was trying to get sober because I didn't know any other sober people. And, um, you know, and then there was AA and there was sober people in AA and they were, you know, living happy lives in AA. They find things to do. And the fellowship is not just these picnics. But, you know, there's dances. There's parties. There are uh, people get together on um, Saturday nights, Friday nights. You know, at least around here. You know, they have um, dinner night. They have date night where a bunch of couples get together and all this stuff. And I think, you know, the social um, socializing aspect of uh, recovery is huge. Because I think even though, for me again, I drank alone. At the very end, I drank alone. I would shut my curtains, you know, throw the keys somewhere so I wouldn't, you know, God forbid, drink and drive in my drunken stupor. And, um, you know, I would lock myself in and just get drunk. And um, it was a very lonely life. And so once I came out of all of that and I, you know, finally realized that um, I was done... It was really hard to figure out what to do next. And AA gave me that, you know, and um, I can't say I agree with everything that AA does, but they did give me tools, um, at least to get started. You know, they gave me tools on how to stay sober. They showed me love and compassion. And so, you know, I think those things are pretty important. But again, people recover so many different ways. You have to find what's right for you, right? So do that. And whatever you do, pack up your weekend if you're anything like me because time on my hands. Even even 8 years into recovery, I sometimes start wondering, you know, like I don't really have that much time on my hands anymore with three kids and a dog, you know, and a full-time job and all the other stuff. So, I think I'm okay, but <laughs> if I ever have any extra time, I'll let you guys know. And lastly, I am looking for some guests to come on my show, uh, my little show here. I would love to get some mommies or daddies to come on my show. And I'm going to ask you guys, listeners, to be brave enough to send me an email at SoberCourage.com and possibly share maybe your recovery story, plus how it affects your parenting, maybe now or before. I think that would be awesome to hear. Um, also, if you wanted to talk about anything that I've talked about already on this show, that would be great. I also am planning on asking some of my other friends that are in the recovery online circles that are also parents. I would love to have them on my show. So lots of new stuff coming, hopefully. Um, and I'm not sure really how it's going to pan out over the summer because summer, you know, everybody's busy in the summer. So, um, hopefully we'll work that out at some point. And lastly, I want to let you know that I have updated the Sober Courage website. 
It is now in the new and fashionable less is more web design. Um, and thank you, WordPress, for being nice and easy uh, to transfer everything over. Because, um, you know, I have some uh, design background and I know HTML and all that stuff. But, phew, uh, you know, I was kind of scared that I was going to just mess everything up. But there it is. So go check it out at SoberCourage.com. And also, again, I want to remind you that with every podcast, I put up podcast notes where I include things that I talked about. And also some links to useful pages that um, I find information on. As well as the music piece. Which I really love the music piece. And I really hope maybe you guys are enjoying it. Because I've been trying to pick songs that relate to, for me, to recovery. And I know maybe you look at it and go, oh, it's a Nine Inch Nail song. It must be crazy wild and I can't listen to that. So... I actually put their lyrics up so you can read the lyrics. And they're really not scary. They're actually really, really cool. Um, So check it out with every episode I send it out. And also, please check out all the other wonderful podcasters on this. Since right now, Recovery Network uh, website at sincerightnow.com. All right. Well, I think this is it for this short and sweet episode. Um, Thank you again, because I keep forgetting to thank everybody for coming by, giving me some really nice comments. And thank you so much for just being here and listening and getting something out of this, because we're in this together. I truly believe that we're in this together. I can't do it alone. I need you guys. I need you guys. And uh, I hope some of you kind of need or could use me. I don't know. It sounds funny, doesn't it? But I really hope I'm I'm helping somebody. You know, that's the whole point in the end, that I'm helping somebody. So I hope you have a really good weekend, long weekend. And I'll see you guys. Or I'm sorry. I'll talk to you guys in the next two weeks. Struggling to make things right That's how a superhero learns to fly